torn. Torn. Elijah is speaking to the people because the people are torn. They're torn between two opinions. I went back and was looking through my notes for the end of the year last year and at the end of the year last year we were coming into the new year talking about faith and I found some of the same scriptures topics texts that I've been preaching for the last month and a half not knowing because I normally don't go back and, and review my notes but I happened to stumble upon them last night and found it interesting that the Lord has brought us back to faith and brought us back to the point where I'm teaching some of the same things again. It's not new to us that the scripture says that it's impossible to please God without faith. We know that Hebrews 11 and 6 says that, that he that comes to him must come to him believing that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want to give you very quickly uh, a breakdown of that text and what it means to be a rewarder uh, because many people uh, seek God for their reward and think that the reward may be a house or car, land or material things. But the word rewarder simply means a wage payer. And so essentially the scripture reads, he that comes to God must come to him believing that God is a wage payer. Amen. Somebody say wage payer. Why is that important to us? Because the wages of sin is death. So God says it's impossible to please me without faith. He that comes to me must come believing that I am, and I am a wage payer. I like that. Glory to God. It gets good because that means that no matter what the wage was, no matter what it cost, yeah. the blood of Jesus yeah. took care of it all. That's right. Talk back to me. Amen. Amen. It does not matter that the cost of our sin was so great that silver and gold right. could not pay the price. And so yeah. the Bible says that we're not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. Uh, because those things fluctuate in value. Amen. When we were bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody say faith. faith. So we've been talking and learning concerning faith. We ended the last year. I looked at even the New Year's Eve message of last year, 12-31-16. And we talked about the lifestyle of faith. Hebrews 10.38 and Romans chapter 1 verse 17 talks about the just shall live by faith. And we hear this word faith all the time. We uh, read about faith. We hear about faith. And some of us seem to believe that we have faith in God. Amen. But I've come to give some clarity concerning what faith really is and where some of us fall short. Abraham got a promise from God, but it took around 25 years for the promise to come to fruition. It wasn't because God wasn't ready to give it to him. It took him that long to level up. God could want the best for you, but he can't get it to 
you wrong until your faith grows. The scripture literally says that Abraham was not weak in faith, but rather strong in faith and believed that God was able to perform what he had promised. Many of us fall short of what God wants for us because we have to see some type of sign before we'll believe him. But faith causes you to act just because he said it. If your faith is still to the point where you need some signs in order for you to believe God, your faith hasn't grown. If you have to see some type of open door, or God show me in a dream, God let me see a vision, then you are still elementary in your faith. And once you level up in faith, what you're going to find is stuff is just going to be added to you because that's what he promised. You'll just be going about your day and stuff just going to start coming to you because the blessings are supposed to be overtaking you. That's what his word says. And you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going out, blessed coming in. That the blessings of God are supposed to overtake you. But there's some stuff that God can't get to us until we level up. Somebody say level up. And so you have to get to the point where you understand that you cannot be torn between two opinions. You cannot be distracted by what's going on around you. You can't be distracted by what people who are not prophets or not speaking from God and for God are saying. But some of us give our ear to anything. I see people all the time that will quote stuff that a comedian will say. How can I get advice from somebody who ain't called of God? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by yeah, and how shall they preach unless they be? Yeah, and so we'll take advice from anybody and discredit the preacher. You mean to tell me Steve Harvey got more to say about your relationship than your pastor? Yeah, see, I come to tell you, you in the error. That's why. Yeah, stuff, some stuff work and some stuff don't because you're taking advice from the wrong people. The Bible says that you're not to sit and get counsel from ungodly people, but we'll take an opinion from anybody. Folk who ain't got nobody will tell us how to have somebody. Folk who ain't got money will try to tell If I'm going to take advice, I'm going to take it from somebody who hears from the most high God. I'm not going to get somebody's opinion. I need somebody that's speaking facts. Yeah, and if you ain't speaking fact, I need truth above a fact because facts can change. And so, so we find that people then often are tossed to and fro because they uh, give themselves to unsound doctrine. They give themselves and listen to anything that anybody else say. Somebody come through talking about they got a prophetic word and we'll listen to them. Somebody preaching something that sounds good. Yeah. The Lord told me this morning that I was meditating. He said, be careful of people trying to push you into a season that I did not ordain. Because people will come to you talking about this in your season. This is what God is doing. And God said, and uh, uh, talking about God is getting ready to shift you. And God said, I ain't told you nothing. How you going to let somebody tell you what I'm getting ready to do and you got a relationship with me? Yeah, if somebody comes to you and tells you something, it has to connect and give something in your spirit. The scripture says, try the spirit, by the spirit. That means, that ain't always got to be confirmation, but something got to sit right in my spirit. oftentimes be conflicted but they'll say they have faith number one the reason that Abraham could trust God is because he walked with him and one of the reasons that many of us can't trust God is because we ain't walking with him we only walk with him on Sunday 
when everybody else walking with you. The scripture says that you are not to pray in public, in street corners to be seen. But he says, but when you pray, find you a closet. Go into the closet and shut the door behind you. And your father who sees in secret shall reward you openly. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for my open season. Yeah, because I've been going through it private. And the Lord said, listen, when you're really going through something, you got to watch people because people who really going through something ain't talking about it. I don't find it good to talk about my calamity. I don't talk it find, find it pleasurable to talk about stuff I'm going. I pray about it. And I need to be talking about it. Learn something, man. I just can't be torn between two opinions. Right, 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 right. You're gonna have to make up your mind. That's right. That's right. Who you're going to stand for That's right. and who you're going to stand with. I'm sure there were people coming to Abraham offering their opinion, but they don't know God. How can you give your opinion about a promise that my God made and you don't even know him? You have nothing to say in this relationship. Part of the problem with most folk is that we allow too many outside folk to speak in our relationship. Say something right there, Pastor. You can't let folk tell you how you ought to love your God. Okay, now this is your father. We just sung the song. You can't let people tell you and dictate to you how you love on your father. You, the way you love your man is how you love your man. He young. Cannot be told. So I don't want to be going back and forth between two opinions. Somebody say walk with him. Walk with him. I told you I'm taking my time. You got to walk with him. And what happens when you begin to walk with him is that you learn that he didn't promise every day would be a victim. Right. But he is faithful to his promise that I'll never leave you. Let me tell you something. There's going to be days, there's going to be times, there may even be weeks and months where you don't hear or you cannot hear his voice. But you have to trust what he told you before you get into the storm that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Because of the calamity, because of the circumstances and conditions, situations that you find yourself in, sometimes it's going to be hard for you to hear his voice because you're so emotionally tied up to what you got going, you going on, what you're going through. But you have to trust his word that when I can't trace you, God, I still trust you. I, I can't hear your voice, but I know you're speaking. And so I find a place. I'm not going to be torn between opinions. You made a promise that it would work out for my good and I ain't moving from that. You got to find a place in God and don't move from there. The problem with us is that we'll move too easily. God made a promise to Abraham and Abraham had to wait 25 years, go through some ups and some downs. He had some times where he lied. Had some times where he fell short of the glory of God but that did not negate the promise. Had some times where stuff wasn't good in his marriage, but they did not negate the promise. 25 years goes by, and he even tries to work it out on his own. Had so much baby mama drama going on in this house. Sarah ran the woman off. <laughs> 
So she can't stay here after it was her idea for him to lay with it. Now her and Ishmael got to go. Now you try to figure that out. But he still had a promise. And what he learned is, number one, thank God for his mercy. Yeah, see, y'all don't y'all can't appreciate mercy. When you know what mercy is, you can appreciate mercy because mercy is the bad stuff that was supposed to happen to you. That God kept from happening to you because of his mercy. Y'all ain't gonna talk back to me. I'm thankful for his mercy because some of us did some stuff yesterday that we should have died for last night. But he's a wage payer. Somebody say thank God for mercy. I'm thankful for mercy because I know there's some stuff that I said or thought that I didn't think was that bad, but God said there's some stuff that the enemy intended to hit your house that I kept from hitting your house. So I thank God for his mercy. Not only am I thankful for his mercy, but I'm thankful for his grace. Because grace is the good stuff that I don't qualify for that he gives me anyway. That's the stuff that he wants me to have, but I ain't quite ready to receive it. I ain't prayed like I'm supposed to pray. He, he still gives it to me anyway. Thank God for his grace and mercy. His mercies are renewed each and every day. Every morning you wake up to new mercies. That means that there's some stuff that he's blocking. When you woke up this morning, he was blocking some stuff. As you were on your way to church, he was blocking some stuff. As you're sitting here now, he's blocking some stuff. That's mercy. Yeah, somebody say thank God for his mercy. Yeah, that grace. Yeah, that grace that comes is that stuff that you get when you ain't you know you ain't been doing what you're supposed to do and living how you're supposed to live and you still get the promotion. You still get the elevator. You still uh, get what you wanted because God says, I'm giving it to you because of my grace. It's not because of how good you've been, but it's because of how good I am. Grace. Mercy. Mm-hmm. So by walking with him, Abraham learns that God gives grace and mercy. Before Abraham, before there was even righteousness, uh, God gave Abraham righteousness because he believed him. The Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Can I tell you something? That God is looking for some people that will believe him. I'm going to preach myself happy. God is looking for some people that will believe him. The Bible says that he loved Abraham so much that he called him free. All of that because in spite of what you're going through, you don't believe me. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord range to and fro throughout the earth, seeking those whom he may strengthen if their hearts are fully committed to him. He's looking for people that believe him in the midst of all of this mess that's going on in the earth. God is looking for people that will believe him. He went so far as to say, when the Son of Man returns, will he even find faith on earth? Shake your name and ask him, will you believe him? Yeah, it's easy to believe him in the sanctuary. Yeah, you got your mind made up in the church. You got your mind made up in the sanctuary. But when you step out and other people start giving their opinions, can you believe in me? Abraham believed God. 
because he had walked with it. And after walking with him, you learn that he's faithful. You learn that he's good. You learn that he's kind. You learn uh, that God is more than able. He's willing. You learn that he's a sustainer. He's a keeper. And he's a protector. He's a provider. You learn all of those things that he is by walking with him. The reason that people don't know him is because they're not walking with him. I heard the other day uh, this comedian was talking about the legitimacy of Christianity. And I said to myself, this dude tell jokes for a living. His whole life a joke. But he's telling people over the radio to question the legitimacy of Christianity. How are you going to tell me about a Jesus that you ain't never walked with? See, it takes us who walked with him to sit down with people like that who don't know him and ask them to explain to me the healings that I've seen. Explain to me the salvation that I receive. Can you explain to me the voice that I hear? Can you explain to me the visions that I see? Can you explain to me the prophetic voice I receive? Can you explain all of those things while you're trying to say and damage the belief that people have in Christianity? I need some things that I need you to explain. I'm not going to let a comedian have me torn between two opinions. We'll go to psychologists, we'll go to counselors, we'll go to anybody to receive what uh, we feel is a word or somebody give us something that we can use, something that we can. But the problem is, part of the responsibility of the Holy Spirit is to show you things to come. Are you hearing me? If you pray hard enough, you pray long enough, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you and it's not so much about the, the length of your prayer or how hard you pray, but you just have to simply pray. When you are available to him, he makes available to you the resources of the heavens. But when you don't pray, then he can't give anything to you. You can't spend two minutes in prayer. Do you know it takes about 20 to 30 seconds to, to repeat the Lord's prayer? And some of us feel that we're doing our due diligence by praying the Lord's prayer. Our Father, I don't care how you stretch that thing out. You can stretch it out. It's still going to give you about a minute. And we feel that we are to receive what we need from God by praying that simple prayer. That prayer was simply a model for the prayer design of how we are to come before God. If you don't pray, then you cannot expect God to reveal things to you. But if you will spend time in prayer concerning anything in your life, God will show you not only what you're dealing with, but he'll show you things to come. I'm going to prove it to you in a minute. So somebody say faith. Faith then is not just trusting in God. Listen to me. It's not just your trust in God. How many of us in here today will say we trust God? Let me tell you what the word trust means. Trust means to number one, be bold. Number two, it means to be secure. Number three, it means to be safe and careless. If you say that you trust God, then you have a boldness that comes along with your trust. Let me, let me give you a real life, just plain example. The people that's for Trump is for Trump. It don't matter what he do, what he say, what he tweet, how ignorant he sounds, 
how many people he offended, you still pass by, and those people who support him support him. They ain't jumping off. If they can make up their mind to follow what we would label as a racist bigot, ignorant, whatever else label you're adding, if you want to apply to him, surely we can stand by our God. If that's who they've elected to rule over them, surely we can support our king and stand by him. be bold. That's the thing that, that bothers me about me bold with. I don't, care, you know, I don't care how you feel about it. Amen. Talk back to me. The stuff he say he ain't apologizing. <laughs> be bold. So where's the boldness of the body of Christ? Number two, it needs to be secure. Secure simply means to be without word. I'm, I'm safe. Trust him so much that no matter what's going on around me, I know that I'm safe. Yeah, to be careless. If he cares, I don't care. Because somebody tell him I'm careless. Remember you're in church, I'm careless. If you trust him, that means that you're careless. Trust him. Faith is more than just trusting God. More than just trusting God. The other side of faith is your response to what he said. Can you hear me? Faith is not just trusting God, but faith is your response to what God said. You can know that he said it, but not respond to what he said. There are so many people that hear what he said, but don't respond to his word. He told Abraham to leave his home, and Abraham didn't question, Is that you, Lord? See, we've been made to think that because you have faith, it won't challenge you. But I've come to tell you, if your faith hadn't been tested, you don't have faith. If you have faith, it is going to be tested. Before you pass on to the next grade level, you got to pass up. And if you fail the test, you got to repeat the course. The reason that some of us keep going through the same old thing is because we keep failing the course. You didn't get it the last time, so God said, I'm going to send the same story. Until you get what I'm trying to get into your spirit. You'll just keep repeating until you get it. 14 years old in the fifth grade. Can't pass the test. Your faith is only as strong. As the tested endures. Write it down. Your faith is only as strong as the test that it endures. Your faith is going to be tested. You heard me say this before if you get to the end of your life and your faith is beautiful and glitzy and glamorous that you didn't use it. Your faith was given to you to get beat up. The stuff that the enemy shoots at you is supposed to hit the shield of faith. Your faith was given to you to deflect some stuff. 
your faith is going to take a beating. Yes, yes indeed. That's why Paul said, I fought the good fight. Yes, Some of us didn't come prepared for it. Uh, you're going to have to fight for your family. Can you hear this? Is this thing on? You're going to have to fight for your mind. You're going to have to fight for your body. You're going to have to fight for your money. Anything that God has promised you, you're going to have to fight for it. But listen to me. We fight different. I'm not talking about it. Remember last time I was here, I told you that it's not going to be a physical fight. You don't have to put out your hands. You don't have to open up your mouth other than to give God praise. Because now we fight different. The weapons of our warfare are not cold, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It's not going to be a physical fight. You've got to learn how to fight in the spirit. Fight the fight of faith. Listen, faith has to be tested. You must walk with it. Faith is your response to what God has said. Some of us, listen, if you haven't responded to it, he can't work with what you got. If God is going to put it in your hand, it first has to come out of your mouth. God can't put anything in your hand that you have not confessed out of your mouth. If you are going to receive it, you must confess it. You will never live above your confession. Are you hearing me? When you're going through tough times, you have to train and condition yourself to say what God said. Are you hearing me? You cannot say what you want to say. It's not even smart to con uh, comment on the conditions of what you're going through. Even if you're telling the truth, it's not smart because the enemy listens to what you say too. It would be better for you just to confess what you believe. Before you ever see a sign that God's going to, because faith is not God will, faith is God has. Now, some of us that believe it, man, God will, God is able. I'm telling you that God has already. Tell me to prove it. Go to put Genesis chapter 2, verse number 2 up on the screen. Your neighbor getting sleepy elbow. A holy elbow. Sanctified elbow. Y'all see this? Watch this. On the seventh day, God punched his time clock and said, I'm done. And he rested, not from some of his work, but all of his work. Put up the new living phone. On the seventh day, God finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. Look at somebody and tell them, he's resting. So because he's resting, that means he's already done what he's going to do. Every promise has already been fulfilled. Your deliverance is now in your hands. Your victory is on your lips. He's already done what he's going to do. Now it's your turn to do something. Look at somebody and tell them you got to participate. 
problem is we ain't put forth no effort. We sitting back waiting on God to do everything. And God said, I'm resting. You waiting on me to do and I'm resting. What are you going to do? I, I, I told a story this morning. I think it bears telling again. And I probably told you before. I can remember going back to college. And I had a roommate. We were, we were really good friends. Became like brothers. Every morning, Alex would get up and, and eat cereal and watch cartoons. And his smacking would be so loud that it would disturb my sleep. How do you smack on some Captain Crunch like this? And so after a while, I had enough. And I said, that's it. I couldn't take it. And I jumped up out of the bed and said, man, I'm tired of you smacking on them cereal every morning. It's getting on my nerves. And Alex looked at me and he said, I don't say nothing to you when you leave toothpaste on the mirror. and look at myself. So while we're asking God, God, why don't you? God is saying, what about the toothpaste you left on? God, you said you were a healer and a provider. And God said, what are you doing? Look at somebody and tell them, you got to put forth some effort. The Bible says, if any man be a hero of this world and not a doer, that he's not deceiving the people, but he's deceiving himself. Yeah, and so we think that responding to the word of God simply means that God says he'll give us houses, cars, and land, and we're to go out and name it and claim it and lay hands on those things. Yeah, you're going out naming it and claiming it and doing all of that, but you didn't respond to the other word that he said you're supposed to leave every unclean thing, that you're supposed to put off the old man and put on the new man, so that not these things be found to wash you, that you have to be guilty of adultery, fornication, and jealousy, that you are to respond to that word. We'll respond to the other stuff, but we can't respond to the got to respond to faith without works. So let me carry through these. I'm almost done. Almost done. Watch this. By faith, then we understand the scripture says that the worlds were framed because of faith. I want you to understand what you got. Before we get into the reason that you can't have two opinions, I'm trying to build my case for what you got. What you have in God is everything that you need. Faith is not only knowing that God is a source, but identifying him as the source. The problem with most of us is that we've gotten to the point where he's just a source, and he's not the source. And because he's a source, when another source messes up, we question him. You mess around and let them do some stuff on your job and because of what you're going through on your job, you'll question him. Even though he is the source, you'll question him about a resource. Your job is just a resource. That's just something that the source supplies. But your job should not be your source. That's just a resource. You're just an offspring that comes from my source. God is my supplier. God is my sustainer. The job is just some fruit of the tree. Yeah. 
Somebody say the source. He's not a source. That's he right. is the right. source. Reliance upon God becomes your only source. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 30. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says the just shall live by faith. That's good news that everything in your life is going to live by faith. Shake somebody and tell them that everything in your life is going to live because of faith. Shake them, shake them, shake them, shake them, shake them. And relationship restored because of faith. Now watch this, because I told you that faith is not seeing it, but faith is believing it. Faith causes you to act. Watch this, you're waiting on God to restore some relationships and you wasn't at fault. You, you, it wasn't your fault that stuff fell apart, but you still waiting on them to come apologize. Let me tell you this, they don't have a consciousness of what they did because they don't know him. Yeah, some people don't feel bad about what they did because they have no relationship. They have not walked with him, but you have. And you know that you ought to have peace with all men. And because you ought to have peace with all men, it causes you to apologize when you know you got wrong. Peace causes you to be at peace with people that have wrong with you. When you walk with him, it causes you to pray for people that the strength of the use you. Because of your faith. Now, I ain't trying to do you no favors, but it's because of my faith. You got to understand, I'm getting rid of everything that might hit the hold of the me walking with the Lord. Even if, even if it ain't your fault. Let them argue by themselves. You know what to show that you are really mature? When people that know how to push your buttons start pushing them buttons and you start to just sit there because you moved to a place called unbothered and because you're in a place called unbothered you don't let them pull you out of your faith because you know that your victory is in faith it's not in my flesh I'm not going to let you put no attitude can't pull me out of my faith because my victory is over here My victory is over here. I can't let you pull me out of this place. Because in this place is where I'm blessed at. This place is where I'm victorious at. I ain't gonna let you pull me into my emotions. If I start getting emotional, then I start pulling. I can't let you pull me out. So your faith. Your faith is more than just trusting God. I trust him enough to be bold. I trust him enough to be secure. I trust him enough to be careless. Yeah, whatever disposition you got going on, then I can leave you right there in your disposition. And while you're trying to push my buttons, I'm praying for you. May God bless you, man. If you're so mad and upset to me, and I ain't did nothing to you, ain't did you no wrong, you stay right there where you at. Because I'm not going to let you destroy Somebody shout faith. And you didn't know the faith was multifaceted like that. You didn't understand that because of your faith, you should be at peace with people that don't like you. That's what the Bible says. You ain't, you ain't figured out yet how you can turn the other cheek. That's because you ain't walked with him long enough. When you walk with him long enough, you ain't worried about retaliation. You ain't worried about getting back. You ain't worried about getting even. Because you understand that business belongs to Somebody shout faith. Not torn between yeah, two opinions. Yeah, because I've understood that God ain't gonna come down and do nothing for me that I can't do for myself. 
You got people that's been saved a long time got the same mindset they had when they came into church. Came into church cussing, still cussing, because you didn't expect the Lord to take hold of your tongue. Now you're going to have to get hold of your tongue. Now you're going to have to change your attitude. You're going to have to change your outlook. God ain't going to do nothing for you. God ain't going to block the number for you. God ain't going to change it for you. You're going to have to face your fears. You're going to have to walk away from the devil. You're going to have to tell him no. God's not going to do it. Now, but what has happened for far too long is that we've begun to compromise. We compromise our faith. Now, because it feels good, we got love for God over here, but we got lust for a whole lot of stuff over here. And so we're torn between a love affair and a lust affair. We love God, but I love that too. And so you find yourself conflicted and torn because you want to give your heart to God, but you still got some. And so the Lord told me, what you've got is some people who are convinced, but they're not converted. You've got some people who are convinced that I can do it, but they ain't convinced enough to give it a heart. They're convinced that I'm good and I'm a way maker, but they don't want to stop what they're doing. They want me to bless them, but they don't want to leave the streets. They want me to do this, but they... And when it don't work for them, then they start asking questions, talking about I'm smacking on Syria, but they need me to pay something. So there comes a point, there comes a point in this faith walk where you have to examine yourself. You have to look at yourself. And though we are not on a performance-based covenant, we don't have to perform to get the blessings. But I would, that's where grace and mercy comes in. But the Bible also says, shall we're now because we're under grace, shall we continue in sin? The Bible says, God forbid. There's some stuff, saints, that you fall into, but there's some stuff you walk into. There's some stuff that after you do it for so long, it ain't no mistake no more. You, you ain't messing up. You made your profile that messed So Elijah shows up and says, How long are you going to be told? How long are you going to be torn between two opinions? How long are you going to be? Distracted. How long are you going to walk in the middle of the road before you decide whose side you're on? The Bible says that he said that they were halted between two opinions. That word halted means to limp. And so he's literally saying that your life is uneven because you're trying to live between two opinions. That's why you can't balk into nothing else. That's why you can't soar like an eagle. It's because you still got that limp because you're torn between two opinions. You can't mount up on wings as eagles. You can't run and not get weary. You can't walk and not limp because you still limping between two opinions. You can't fast and pray. We can't get no results. We can't prophesy. We can't lay hands. We can't heal the sick. You can't open 
for the children of Israel. And they are still trying to decide whether or not they are going to walk with the Lord. And you have people who are just like the children of Israel who have that chameleon spirit that whoever's around, that's who they mimic and mock. They don't even know who they are. Because in every environment, they change their colors. When they in churches, oh hallelujah. But when they with them, this man told me over drinking. You're still trying to make up your mind. So there's 450 prophets of Baal. And Elijah is there by himself. The children of Israel have been mocking, mimicking the prophets of Baal. And Elijah says, it's time out. For you to be going back and forth That's right. That's right. between Baal and That's right. between God. Right. How long are you going to go back and forth after all that God has done for you? <laughs> made ways for you and he's fed you when you were hungry. He's clothed you when you were naked. He's done so much for you. How now are you going to let Baal come in? What has Baal done for you, really? Let's think back. I know that he's maybe done some stuff that was good to you, but wasn't good for you. How long are you going to uh, walk with Baal? Matter of fact, I'm going to prove to you that Baal ain't even who he said he is. And the Bible says that Elijah had the prophets to build an altar. They built an altar. He said, I'm going to tell you what y'all do. Y'all call on y'all God. Let us see uh, what's going to happen. The Bible says, whoever God brings down fire, that's whose God is God. The Bible says that they cried out to their God all morning long until Elijah started saying, is it on lunch break? Did he step out? Has he taken a vacation? Is something stopping him from speaking? Tell me what's going on with your God that you have deceived these people to thinking that your God is real. And now you're calling on him and he won't answer. The Bible says that nothing happened. And Elijah said, now build me an altar. The Bible says he told him to dig a trench around it. He said, put the stones on top of it. Pour some water over it. And then the Bible said that they poured water on it the first time. He said, pour some more water on it. He said, I want you to make sure that what's supposed to burn ain't supposed to burn. The Bible said the third time that they poured water on the altar. The Bible says that Elijah looked up to heaven and said, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, I need you to send fire. And I need you to send it now. Now they gonna pray with me. That's why I can't be torn between two opinions. He makes what's supposed to happen happen. 
altar where you're supposed to burn. But God defies all logic when it comes to your faith. Watch this. The Bible says the altar caught fire and started to burn. The thing when they were supposed to burn
something else outside of yourself. But there's some stuff in you you got to keep. Yes, you got to obey. I want to obey the good part first. So we can get the way man's out the way. But you got some hell in you you got to keep. They turn out of food, kill it. That mess in you, kill it. Kill it! 
if you can't forgive them, then leave. If you can't kill them, Amen. Y'all too. Okay. 